Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. We're going to come strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe. Welcome to another edition of the Blitz. It's uh, we're we're a little uh, we're a little toasty in here today. Man, we're sweating it out over here. I'm already sweating, bro. I put on lotion. Yeah, I wish we were on Lo- video today. Lotion makes you sweat more. I got oh. a lot of cocoa butter because I had some some television stuff to do, so I couldn't be ashy. And now I'm regretting it because I'm sweating up in this room, man. We working hard for this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Rod's officially like showing the wife beater right now, dude. I'm saying, yeah, right. we going. Not, you're not wearing the wife beater. You're just wearing the regular old V neck shirt. Regular old V neck. Because I, I wear this because I saw. I won't sweat on my nice shirt that I had to wear today because I wore a sport coat and everything. I got some TV stuff to do. And now I'm regretting that because I'm sweating. I'm going to have to take this off and just go with the straight-up V-neck and just look hood around yeah, here. Yeah, see, at first I thought you were wearing the wife beater underneath it, but then I realized no. it's the specialty, the yeah. South Texas 75-year-old man T-shirt. Yeah, you like, can't wear wife beaters in Texas. <laughs> no, these do, are those white V-necks. Do, you know what? The wife beater is the most useless undergarment yeah. out there. What the hell is a wife beater for? It serves no purpose. Honestly, really doesn't. You know what? I'm totally against wife beaters. Yes. I don't want them. I don't like the name that they now have. That's you know in this PC world. You think we, yeah, that's not very yeah PC. I don't want it. I don't want wife beaters around. They serve no purpose. And what the hell? That's one nickname that's fallen through the cracks in the past few years that we haven't seen before. <laughs> like beater. the wife beater. Everybody still calls them wife beaters. They that's still call them bizarre. wife beaters. And you can only probably think <laughs> cops TV for that. What if because you have, they have a negative connotation if somebody sees you in a wife beater? If you are wearing a wife beater out in public, let's admit yes. you have. Uh, Something you, went you, wrong. You're, you're probably being profiled as yes. somebody who is on the kind of lower totem pole of of, of society. Well, and you, you probably I mean? had something go wrong. Your shirt was ripped off, or maybe you woke oh, up you somewhere and <laughs> like you were in your underwear. Like yeah, either right. way, normally no. you don't end up in a wife beater in a good situation. Wife, yeah, wife beaters need to be off. It's like tidy whities Tidy whities and wife beaters, dude. I'm done with both of them. Yeah, you know, tidy uh, whities for sure. Not yeah. to drag this subject on too far, but um, <laughs> I I That's actually I actually have. The one time we don't have video too, we can't even show. I it. actually have stopped wearing the undershirt altogether because, oh, yeah. like, really? Under Armour and Nike are making such good dry oh, fit the stuff. Oh, breathable is breathe. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, get yeah. The undershirt you get anymore. the dry fit stuff. Yes, yeah, I'm really in a light. Pro- I told yes. my wife because I picked up uh, in Texas. Um, what? It's really tough well, to just wear a undershirt. sweater like me. Yeah. I'm a sweater, and sweating yeah. is not like a weight thing. You just were born a sweater or not? I oh, sweat, yeah. dude. I sweat. Yeah. Like ridiculous, and I've unfortunately yeah. passed that on to my daughter. Oh, she a sweater too. Yeah, yeah. If, you, no, if, if, if she takes a nap it. next to you, it's like, good lord, like it's like we're baking bread here. She's man. like a little heater. Yeah, <laughs> pure jeans. Yeah. That's so uh, okay. uh, let me bring in. Let me uh, formally introduce the rest of the team real quick. He's the master of the soundboard, the driver, string extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, real quick, don't want to spend too much time on this, but you know the Supreme Court ruling with uh, giving states the rights to to have sports betting in their states mm-hmm. if they wish. I've seen a lot of people making assumptions about what this means for daily fantasy players, and you, being that's that's your deal, that's your wheelhouse, that's basically how you make your living now, mm-hmm. is as a daily fantasy player. Uh, real quick, what kind of impact do you think that's going to have on you going forward? Well, with the ruling, the ruling's totally separate entity because you have sports gambling and then you have the Internet Gaming Act of Daily Fantasy, which is why it was able to operate before this even came into existence. So those things are separate entities, but I think this is only going to help Daily Fantasy a ton because gambling is really, it's not as if like this money, even if there gets a percentage to the leagues or whatever it is, that's the minuscule effect. The effect is engagement 
now it's like you want the reason why fantasy sports made the NFL or made your everyday person that wasn't a football fan maybe a fan is because they have a reason to root mm-hmm. for something in the engagement. Now it's like okay, maybe go to the game or if you're at the game, you may like it. But now if you got Texas minus three and it's coming down to the final four minutes, you know, or if say it's minus nine and it's a blowout, you might have a reason to actually watch. So that engagement, if you get a person more engaged in the game, yep. it's going to be more reciprocated that then it's going to come back down because if you have more people paying attention, they may like the fantasy version more. I think if you look at the two just mathematically, it's almost impossible to gamble and make money. Like you have to beat right. the house, the best mathematician setting these lines mm-hmm. and be at 52 to 54 percent exactly. just to yes. just to barely profit. Yeah. Now we're not even talking. And then if you lose, we're talking, I mean, to double your money is tough in daily fantasy, I think is so yeah. much easier and it was already legal and it is a lot different and it's individual based. So I think this is only going to help engagement, which yep. fantasy sports already helped mm-hmm. engagement and it caused all these leagues to explode into these TV contracts. So now with gambling, it's just going to be more engagement, more money involved. So it's only going to help. And then because daily fantasy was already legal, it this just makes this. Now I never have to worry about daily fantasy being declared illegal because yeah. there was a time in like 2015 right. whenever right. like FanDuel pulled out of Texas. Because even fantasy like shows on ESPN were sponsored by yeah. like FanDuel. Oh, you have arenas. Whatever. You'd yeah. see DraftKings uh, things. NFL I mean, Network, even yeah. Jerry Jones has a DraftKings bar inside his stadium and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, when you look at now, in 2015 was when FanDuel jumped out of the state and DraftKings monopolized it. Now you may start to see those certain ones that weren't in certain states maybe come back in down right. the road just because it's going to just be desensitized to the you know our different moralities that were imposed by the government. Um, $4.7 billion was bet on the Super Bowl last year alone. 96% of that, basically $4.6 billion was illegally bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I, I've seen anywhere the, the prognostication, the projections that the, the worldwide sports gambling uh, revenue is around $150 billion potentially. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> nobody NBA, knows because there was yeah, such a black knows. market. For nobody, exactly. It's such a black market. Nobody actually right. knows what it's going to be worth. Mark Cuban saying it's going to double the value of the top four sports leagues franchises at least. Yeah. Said, all right, right now, the, all the leagues double. They're going to double. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a huge. And people forget this. The initial case the Supreme Court ruled on was Murphy versus the NCAA. So the, 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 the entity that is most opposed to this is the NCAA because they have the most to lose. Right. Yeah. Um, you just heard him break down those numbers, folks. That's why uh, he is a renaissance man. He is our lockdown corner here on the show. Always has his numbers in his house in order. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL when he was done with football. Got himself back to Austin, Texas into 40 acres where he earned his degree, as we said, 10 years ago. Mm. If he had his T-ring, which he earned that day, he would wear it proudly, <laughs> but he does not when he gets that resolved. Nevertheless, he was number 21 in your program, and he's number one in your hearts to Rod Babers. And Rod, thanks for the intro, let's brother. go ahead and start the conversation with the big news that came out today as we record this this morning. Texas and Alabama going to do a home-and-home home series in 2022 and 2023. In 2022 in Austin, 2023 in Tuscaloosa. That's awesome. Texas bumps back their home-and-home home with Ohio State to take place in 2025 and 2026. So, if you're keeping score at home, let me run down what the marquee non-conference game for Texas is basically for the next decade. 2018 versus USC. 2019, LSU at home. 2020, at LSU. 2021, at Arkansas. Now, keep in mind that Arkansas game, that was part of a home-and-home that was scheduled for that, I think it was Uh 2008-2009, or maybe it was 2008 and something else. Arkansas moved it, so basically it got bumped to 2021. Uh, 2022, Alabama at home. 2023, at Alabama. 2024, at Michigan. 2025, Ohio State at home. 2026, at Ohio State. And 2026. Seven Michigan at home. Rod, this is huge for me for a couple reasons. Number one, Texas keeps stacking these marquee non-conference games on their slate and giving their fans something to get excited about. The Burnt Orange faithful should be pumped that they know they can circle their calendars and say in 2022, the Alabama Crimson Tide are going to come to DKR for a football game. And the fact that you got Alabama to schedule a true home and home, it's Mm -hmm. not like it's going to be 
be in, you know, Atlanta and Arlington or yeah. Atlanta and Houston. It's on campus, home and home series. This is just gargantuan in terms of getting this done by Chris Del Conte and Greg Byrne. I agree. And, I mean, they really didn't have a choice. Uh, it's something that, you know, Oklahoma's been doing for the last five, six years. You know, we kind of just kind of front-loading that schedule with big-time non-conference opponents. And although the res- the the respect or disrespect, I should say, of the Big 12, um, it ends up hurting teams in the long run when we look at the college football playoff. If your non-conference can give you that boost later on, Oklahoma's learned that. Mm-hmm. I think Texas didn't learn that lesson early enough. Texas now, I think, has learned that lesson in the modern college football playoff era that we live in. The Big 12 ain't enough. You know yeah. what I mean? Like people disrespect the Big 12, whether it be the NFL, whether it be college football, whatever. They disrespect the Big 12. They don't have enough respect for it. So it's not enough just to win the Big 12. Now, you guarantee you win the Big 12 as Oklahoma and Texas. You're in, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to guarantee yourself, even kind of a fail safe that you know if you do slip up in big 12 play that if you won a game over a big time non-conference opponent that's also in the college football playoff discussion that may give you the leg up we've seen that example several times played mm-hmm. out already in the college football playoff and it's only in its infancy in the last four years so i think texas learned the lesson that if you're a blue blood and you're a big dog you can't tiptoe around the non-conference right you got to load it up and it's also a gift for the boosters and the donors and for the fans you go back to two 2008, and I think this is when you look at the lost odds of Mac Brown when they started looking at scheduling different. I think that's what did it because when you look at what separated Texas and Oklahoma in that BCS yeah. ranking that determined who exactly played right. in the Big 12 championship game, you go back and look at the Texas schedule that year, the more key matchup for Texas when they scheduled it was going to be Arkansas. Yeah. What was the first year of Bobby Petrino's tenure in Arkansas was 5-7. and seven. As it turned out, the best game on Oklahoma's non-conference schedule yeah. was Cincinnati. And at the time, keep in mind, the Big East, yeah. that was an auto Automatic qualifier yeah, right. conference. Yeah. Cincinnati under Brian Kelly won eleven and three. Yeah. So, so and you can survive these games like we saw that with Ohio State. The year point. Herman was there, and you can lose it and still win your conference and make it through. And I mean, we even saw it in the 05 year. I mean, that Texas and Ohio State game. Once Texas won that, it was like, oh, if we won that game, now all we got to do yeah. is ride through and beat Oklahoma, and you're in. And then the next year, it was against you know the Colt McCoy situation, and oddly, mm-hmm. we had a chance to get back into it after losing that game at Texas. Beats Kansas State with Javon Sneed playing quarterback. Who knows what happens and where Texas goes? If those were four year, four team playoff years, Ohio State would have been in in 05, and yeah. then you would have maybe saw Texas sneak up if they would have made it. Definitely in 08, but even would have made it in 06 if they would have been able to beat Kansas State. So I think it was just that modernization of once you got into this mm-hmm. BCS system, and it wasn't just stuck to the old way of winning your conference. You have a win loss record, and there's no other analysis. Then you get into all these equations of factoring it. You had to really impress. And either from strength of schedule to margin of victory, you had to have both of those type of things. And when Texas realized, I mean, you see it, and then that becomes the deciding factor in other years when you don't make it. It just becomes obvious that when you're a big power, it's worth doing it just because even yeah. the loss doesn't necessarily doesn't eliminate you, you, but the exactly. win is going to vault you above the rest. Exactly. Once the Big 12 went to 10 teams and went to the 9 game, round robin Mac Brown looked at scheduling this way. You should have, and this was Mac's theory, and I'm not saying this is right, but this is just where he was coming from, and you, you've seen this in the kind of emerge in, in scheduling Texas had since then. And, and he and DeLoss and, and Butch Worley and all those people in the athletic department at the time kind of got to, they, they were the ones in charge of making the schedules that Texas is playing right now. Mac always thought it would be nice to have a kind of one game should be against like a, a Rice or a North Texas, an in-state mm-hmm. opponent that yeah. you should beat. No, regardless of how bad you are, or how good they are, you should beat them. No questions asked. This another game should be against either a pretty good, respectable like group of five team as we know now, or kind of a lower level power five type team. Yeah. A game that's a little bit more of a challenge, but you should mm-hmm. probably win. Uh, and then the third game, you should play a power five team that's on your level or around yeah. your level. Uh, and we've seen Texas do that. And you look, Rod, that's pretty much the way the schedule sets up. Yeah. Uh, for Texas for each of the next two years, because twenty. 19 and 2020 are now done the 2019 schedule louisiana tech at home lsu at home and then at rice i would imagine that's probably going to be a game at nrg uh and then 2020 uh south florida at home which is a return of charlie strong to the 48 oh that'd be cool uh, at, at lsu and then utep at home so that's you're following 
the Mac Brown line of thinking pretty much verbatim. Yeah, Mac Brown, I mean, most of that was about recruiting and the influence of recruiting. That's why Mac wants to play a game in state. You know what I mean? And not only just whatever the Power Five team that you play that may come to DKR, and most of the time uh, that was the case, uh, and you do a trade-off home-and-home, but he wanted to play one of those lower-level opponents in state. Not only, you know, not guaranteeing a win, but your your chances of success, your odds right. of success were, were pretty high when you were playing that I don't know TCU at the time it mm-hmm. could have been because they weren't necessarily a power five but they were you know Mountain West which wasn't power five at the time they did a one off with TCU in uh, 07 yeah you yeah. know what I mean or whatever I think they did a Florida team not uh, and the UCF was, was yeah, a home and home who I mean? just so, canceled exactly so that he would do something like that but I think a lot of that the Texas stuff was about influence in recruiting you know those little pockets here and there right. where Texas you know mm-hmm. the kids who are from that area of Texas can come to the games see Texas football and normally Texas wouldn't have a, a presence there. I just had yeah. a flashback to that weird 07 year with like Central Florida and almost losing Arkansas State and then the TCU and like you're as talented mm-hmm. as ever but then there's like Jamal and Jermichael gone like that was a weird time in that Texas time. between the two. Yeah. Mac hated Mac, that team. He did. He admitted that. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. hated it. He's like that I don't was, like that team. That was, <laughs> I like If he like, only knew what yeah. was to come in oh, 10 and, we, and yeah. so on. We didn't touch on it like, but yeah. was it cool? What did you hey, I don't know if you how, how such times are different. Right? Right? It's a 10-win team. You ain't like that team? Like, all right, yeah. Getting to re- rewatch the spring game where Mac Brown makes his debut as the analyst on Longhorn Network was actually entertaining because I loved hearing Mac Brown when I'd randomly turn on a crappy like West Coast game and he would be in the booth on a Friday night just talking and Mac talking football is always entertaining. That's but then when he's talking Texas football, it's so entertaining. So I thought that was a treat. All right, guys, let's take a break. But when we come back, we're talking more about future Texas football schedules and how it relates to Texas and Texas A&M mixing it up on the gridiron in the foreseeable future. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. And I want to bring this up, Rod. I hope I'm not uh, intruding on your personal business here. But uh, I heard that... uh, the Mac Brown kind of, I guess it was a Mac Appreciation Hall of Fame gathering with ex players. Yeah, for him going into the College Football Hall of Fame that you were at. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you can confirm this. I was told a certain assistant coach that might be coaching at Texas A and M now made the trip. Oh yeah, Tim Brewster was there. Bruce that he would not throw up the horns. Everybody, I heard, ah, I heard everybody was trying to get him to do awesome, it. And he refused he was to like, do it. I can't do it. I won't do it. But he did. He was there, and his his wife was there. So Coach Bruce showing up was actually big. I think Mac really, really appreciated it. Yeah, that was big time. It was actually a man. It was a lot. Mad Dog was there, and man, I can't. I mean, it was so many guys right. there. I think Colt was there. The boys are back in town. Was there, yeah. Shanahan came. And Kyle Shanahan wife. gave you the nugget about Holton Hill that we all should have probably paid more attention to. Yeah. Well, yeah, in exactly. hindsight, well, I didn't know he was handed me a little nugget either but yeah yeah and we didn't know that until what matt miller of the bleach report revealed yeah. that um yeah so yeah all the guys came out i mean i think mac asked about sims because sims wasn't there um really where's chris he did he asked about sims i think he i, I, I think he well he asked us about it yes the wood about it because right. we were all there yeah um, montreal was there Bo was everybody in the wood was there except for Sims. so only fitting and that he would when ask. we yeah and when we were talking to mac and hanging out and it was a good time sally was there um um, and and he said, hey, what, what did Chris? Did Chris come? And he's like, nah, Chris didn't. Yeah. <laughs> nah, Chris didn't make that trip. All right. I yeah. want to start right Sam's now on that. the Blitz. And Rod, yeah. as, as his former roommate on Major? campus, I want you to spearhead this. Major, I believe Major was there. Yeah. I believe I did. He, I, didn't I, hear about, I didn't see Major, but Major was there because Tom Herman was there. Chris Del Conte was there. From what I was told, Major was there. I didn't get a chance to see Major, though. The only reason I knew Tim Brewster was there is because his son Clint was one of my co-workers at 24-7 Oh, Sports. there you go. Yeah. Uh, and Clint told me, yeah, my dad was there. I was like, wow, that's news to me. Yeah, I didn't I know that. I saw Coach Aquino on the corner. He nice. and his wife, I walked up, and Coach Aquino was on the corner there. I met, I walked, so I walked in with Coach Aquino. We hung out most of the night. So Coach Aquino came back. I mean, it was it was a lot of, a lot of guys from back in the day that came back. It Rod, was really a cool dude. Rod, you'll like this. So yeah. I was talking to Clint Brewster. Uh, he was asking me about you. And you know this is how people know Rod from his playing days. It's not how Rod's doing. It was, how's Kool-Aid doing? Yeah, you go. Yeah, that's because he's, that's, that's Brew, though. Little yeah, kids. Brew. Brew, I think, still calls me Kool-Aid. Hmm. I, he might have even called me that, I think. Like, because Brew, Brew remember, that's high school. He recruited yeah. me. So that's what Brew, like, in the high school, that's what they called me. So that's what Brew calls me. I know, and it's still kind of weird. You were probably, so. like, the cool guy, like, because they were little kids around campus. And then it was like, you just, 
just you just being an education major and an outgoing personality. Yeah, you're one that they get on. Man. Yeah, I remember him actually as a youngster. It's crazy seeing mm-hmm. him and Quandre Diggs always freaks me out because I remember them <laughs> as little kids. No, I remember you whenever I mean? the Brewster kids, I don't know which one it was, him or Eric, promised that he'd bring me a Ricky Williams autograph to prove that his dad always has Ricky Williams at the house. And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, no, I'll bring you an autograph. And I was just like umpiring baseball. I was like, this kid's crazy. Clint and also, it ends up being him. Yeah, Clint yeah. also has plenty of good Bucky Godbolt stories because the I'm Brewsters sure lived a couple of, st- a couple yeah. of doors down from Bucky back yeah. in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, but oh. anyway, so enough of that. So, yeah, Tim Brewster wasn't the 40 recently. There and Rod, See? Rod uh-huh. confirms it. There you go. That, and that's, uh, he's, he's hated by Longhorn fans right now, hanging out in the 40 acres. See, you, even though the station might be lit, but you still got to come to the 40 to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> right? um, that's Johnny Manziel. <laughs> yeah. So let's get back to this he's non-conference schedule. And so, Rod, when I start looking at this non-conference schedule, you look at it for the – I ran it down for the next decade. And what most people won't see on here, speaking of Tim Brewster, is Texas A&M. And the earliest these two schools are going to be able to play each other is 2028. But when I look at this schedule – Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. I'm glad you brought that up. When I look at the schedule and I think about where that rivalry is, I, I threw it up on my timeline just the schedule and, and was looking at the responses. And 99% of the response from Texas fans were, wow, that, that's a that's a man schedule. That's how you put together a non-conference schedule. That's some good road trips coming mm-hmm. up. We're, we're excited about that. Yeah, Texas fans are pumped. And only a small spattering of people within the state are saying, well, there's no A&M on there. And my question to you guys is, it's a great point. Outside of the state of Texas, does anybody really care if Texas and Texas A&M play again? Uh, TV networks would like if, the number, no, but well, not really. But from a national standpoint, if you can give them Texas versus Alabama, no. See, oh, Texas rather, versus LSU, yeah. Texas versus Ohio State, yeah. Yeah. do they really care if Texas I, and Texas I, A&M I'm play I'm going to agree with you and yeah. say that this actually is bad for the reincarnation of the rivalry if it's going to happen in the future. Because that was the one non-conference because, spot because A&M could take that well, Alabama spot, and they well, chose a different not, SEC team. Well, not only that, because I, I think Jeff hit the nail on the head. There's And I was actually going to rant on this about the show. It's crazy you bring it up today because I was going to talk about it because there's nothing going on really Hmm. in sports. Um, That Texas and Texas A&M fans, they aren't avid enough about bringing the rivalry back. They're not passionate enough They're about it. They're pretty apathetic about it. This yes, point. exactly. It's, it's To me, I and I know people, are like, if you ask them about it, they'll give mm. you an opinion, but you don't see them actively you know, trying to get these institutions to bring back the rivalry in any way. And I'll give you an example. Uh, you ever watched the show Brooklyn 99? Is that the name of it? I've not watched it, but I've seen the Brooklyn name. Brooklyn 99 is what they call it. Okay. All right, recently, I'm familiar with the, the, the matter. Who cares? Yeah. All right. Recently, they canceled it on Fox. They canceled the show. Fans were so pissed off about them canceling the show. They went on social media and started this big campaign about bringing it back. Hmm. They went to uh, the sponsors and and got on sponsors and said, hey, we'll buy your product if you sponsor this show and help bring it back. And you want to know what happened? NBC, within 48 hours, hmm. bought it, bought the rights of it from Fox. That's so smart. And they're going to bring it back. It's Fox, like what Family Guy yeah, did the first say, time family, it exploded. Family, family, yeah. guy. family Guy, same thing. But, but they were the ones that yeah. used DVD to make yeah. DVD exactly. sales like its own genre they, for TV. Because fans show, they yeah. really liked the show. When they brought out the DVD sales, they were like, holy hell, man. Arrested is, Development did why, the same thing yeah, online people, with Netflix. Why are people buying up these DVDs? Because they really love the show. Texas, Texas A&M fans, I don't see that type of response no. that is going to to force an institution as mammoth as Texas or Texas A&M to make a move to rejuvenate this rivalry. So until that happens, it's not going to happen. And I'm with you. As long as they're scheduling Ohio States and Michigans and Bamas and LSUs and USC's, nobody misses. Mm -hmm. Nobody on this end anyway for Texas fans. We don't miss A&M. Yeah, and that's the big thing about it is the difference. And A&M's playing in a damn SEC. So I know they got bigger fish to fry than Texas. So I don't know if either side really even gives a damn anymore. And that's a big part of it because when you look at both fan bases and the mentality that you come from, basically, you don't want, the Aggies don't ever want to do anything to help Texas or to elevate Texas. Exactly. And the same thing, Texas, I would say it's a bit more indifferent, but Texas fans don't want to necessarily want to help out the Aggies if they think it's something that can help. So once the Aggies literally broke up like it's a boyfriend and a girlfriend and went away, there's like that type of stubbornness in between the two right now that they are like, no, I'm not going to help you out. And I don't 
even care about you. I have my own people over here and I'm over here. And until that gets to the point to where I initially thought the surge that the Aggies would still want to then come back and beat Texas and prove mm-hmm. that we're better. If that mentality ever comes up or if it ever gets to the point where we thought A&M would be with Johnny Manziel or something and Texas is in the point that they need to dethrone it. But that means that you have to have the psychology of both fan bases changing right now. I don't see that happening. I could see the Aggies just wanting to beat Texas, but they're going to wait till they get really good to do that. And you can't predict that stuff in you football. Can't you can't it. do that. 15 and years out ahead. Exactly. And they just filled the last, the one non-conference hole that you had when people were speculating was, oh, well, you might be able to get it in here in a decade. We got this opening hole and now Alabama filled it. And what did Texas do? They didn't go to A&M. They went to the big, bad SEC West foe. Alabama's like, no, we can go play the best one of y'all if we're playing SEC team and help. And we aren't going to go and show the in-state you, team our help. Do you realize that from and I'll include the bowl games in this. Um, Texas will play pretty much damn near everybody in the SEC West by the time that that <laughs> uh, Alabama series is over. Damn near everybody in the SEC West, but A and M since A and M left to go to the SEC. They're the home and home with Ole Miss. Ole Miss yeah. They'll have played Arkansas just twice. They'll have played Alabama twice. I mean, yeah, they'll have played LSU twice. Auburn's the only team they would They'll play. They'll play. They'll play Missouri in a bowl game. Okay, so let's continue the analogy. Middle fingers. Let's continue the breakup analogy. So when you break up Texas and Texas A&M to really get at Texas A&M and this Texas Cold War. Texas is basically flirting with and dating and having all these one night stands and flings with all of their social circle. Yes, so everybody they know. All the and so it'd be like yeah, it'd be like a your girl breaking up with you and then hooking up with all your homeboys in your social circle. That's what Texas (laughs) is going to do. They hook it up with all of A&M's social circle to the point A&M's like everybody's looking at A&M like yeah man, you know we got a piece of that. We got a piece of that. That was good, man. We got some good rain. Until they get hungry to come back. Yeah, it was like, and that's what I'm saying. That's what that's essentially what's going on. When you look at the mentality, I can't help but think it's it's intentional. I can't help but think it's intentional. And then you think of the mentality. (laughs) What were you just saying? The only way it'd come back is if A and M gets so hungry to want to beat Texas that they actually go and take the forefront, the initiative, and they're proactive to go maybe start the conversations about this game. Otherwise, it's not going to happen unless a great coincidence happens in a bowl game, or who even knows. If it could hey, ever be a playoff, playoff baby. That would be Say, the- so now the only way it can happen is the sexiest way possible. Yeah. Bowl games and college football And remember playoffs. how crazy you know that I mean? one baseball game yeah, was awesome. against A&M? Like when Texas played A&M in baseball and like the random regional well, was in Houston They had the winner take all game and that rice, thing yeah. was out of control. It was intense, man. Was I've there. never seen a college baseball game that intense. Whew. Yeah, man. that'd be cool. And you were watching on TV, brother. I'm telling you, watching that thing from the press box, that was... Oh, yeah. Ooh, that was... Uh, that was a dis- even the, uh, even the back basketball exhibition at Rice. Yeah, it was an exhibition. Mm-hmm. Didn't count for anything. Yeah. But it got there was yeah, a point in the second half where I'm like, man, yeah. this feels like That's a, how it's supposed to be like though. a conference game, yeah, man. Yeah, it's supposed to be like that cuz yeah. you know what? One day it'll come back together. We just don't know how. And right now, as you just pointed out, Jeff, I think what I think what you did so astutely in your piece is state that it ain't coming back no time soon. We might I might be an old man and your <laughs> daughter might be graduating from from high school or in college or starting her own family by the time it comes back. Right. Like we might we, we thought it was going to be 15, 20 years. We may be looking at 30, 40 years. Yeah, because you know Arkansas I mean? felt like that as a little kid with me because my dad would talk about the Arkansas games and you hear about the game of the century, but it wasn't like Texas and Arkansas were facing off in those mid-90s. And it took until, I remember whenever Benson went up and then I think it was VY, it was that 04 year and went up to Arkansas and you had that 03, the Matt Jones. But it had been, I think, a dozen years, 12 years since Texas. Texas had played Arkansas yeah. after they broke up. It's, it's one of those deals, though, Rod, kind of like you said. I mean, if you're Crystal Conte and you're Texas looking at this and you're saying, okay, if we want to play an SEC West team, why are we going to play A&M when we can go play Alabama? Exactly. Why we can settle upgrade. for A&M when we can go play LSU? Or yeah. any of them, just not yeah. help them. No, exactly. No, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It almost feels, I didn't see you pointed out, Jeff, I didn't think it's about it. It smart. almost feels intentional. Like, all right, you guys, you know, you want to you wanna try to hurt Texas by pulling out of the Big 12? Mm-hmm. Okay, let me... Let let me let you know how we can upstage you in this Texas Cold War. All the recruits that you're trying SEC. to get because of this SEC play. Oh, by the way, now when you try to use that line, man, we play in the SEC. We play the best. We play the best. They're like, well, uh, you know what? We play in Alabama. We're playing them up. too. You know, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, we play in USC, man. We play. So I think it's also it's used in recruiting. So I think a lot of people are like, oh man, the Big Twelve. You want to go to the Big Twelve? You want to go to the to the SEC or the ACC or the Big Ten? We had more players drafted. We play bigger, better opponents. I think that. 
the you know the counter uh, recruiting pitch for Texas is uh, we got USC, we got LSU, we got Bama, we got Ohio State, we got Michigan. Don't worry, if we playing yeah, the best. If I'm if I'm A and M, the the counter punch to this is get the SEC to go to a nine game conference schedule and have an, have another opponent from the East on your schedule instead of one of these just I mean playing little sisters of the poor because mm-hmm. you know? look here's A&M's non-conference schedule for the next three years because it's full with their four non-conference games now 18 and 19 they got a home and home with Clemson Clemson goes to College Station this year uh, A&M goes to Death Valley in 2019 and then 2020 starts a two-year home and home with Colorado to a- the, the other three games on A&M's 2018 non-conference schedule, all home games. Northwestern State, Louisiana Monroe, UAB. The 2019, Texas State, Lamar, <laughs> UTSA. Wow. 2020, North Texas, Fresno State. Abilene Christian. They're just trying to run the table in the SEC and get on in. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah. They, I mean, That's going to be I, tough. I, honestly, it makes sense for them now. They can't afford to. No, they can't. They're, they're not at the point yet in their program rebuilding where they can they can play big-time power five. Right. The only, counterpunch, the only counterpunch you have to make your schedule look more sexy is to hope the SEC goes to a nine-game conference schedule. And you can add maybe, you know, in a year where your cross-divisional opponents are. I think who's their permanent opponent? I don't think they're going to want to. There's no reason yeah. to. Is Missouri like, or South Carolina? Because if you win that. I think for yeah, I wouldn't matter on this. The SEC, you get it. it you get in, in if you out. win, so they aren't going to do. It. I mean, yeah, gonna, but that's the get, only option they do have. That if, is the only option they do. Oh, have. if yeah. Yeah, 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 to ever have those type of right. games yeah. come up, and then it, I, the way that you've seen like recruiting sort of just become less regionalized, just kids, the world's less regionalized. I think that like this appeal of selling, oh man, we play SEC football or the old Big East basketball, all these like things that really meant something back in the day because it was a branding of a region. In the area, and you wanted to come play it. Nowadays, you, your exposure is everywhere across the board, and you're on TV. Even if you're at some crappy school, you're on national outlets and going to be on ESPN two on Friday night or something. So, I think that'll be even less and less of a motivating factor going forward. Just right. a less regionalized in, uh, I guess, conference-sized football. Where the where the SEC recruiting pitch works for A and M is when you get a kid that wants to stay in the state of Texas, a kid from Texas who wants to stay at home. You, then you can sell them on if you want to stay in state and play in the SEC. We're the only game in town. Yeah, but. Where it starts to work against A and M is come hey you want to come to Texas A and M we play in the SEC and then Alabama and LSU start recruiting a kid and they say well yeah I want to play in the SEC but I want to win championships in the SEC so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go play for Nick Saban sorry yeah sorry Aggies thanks for the time appreciate the visit but and, I'm, I'm gonna go yeah. play for A&M. and that guy produces NFL talent and wins titles hard to argue with that yeah mm-hmm. um so and he's it, like he's kind of like the Ivy Leagues now if you get an mm-hmm. offer from Nick Saban. You know, you almost have to and take football. it. You almost have to take it more seriously than you do other offers. It's like, well, this is Nick Saban offered me, so let me think about this. Right. You know what I mean? Even if you are out of state, you don't want to go there. It's like, oh, I don't want to go to Stanford, but if Stanford offers. You're like, okay, let me think about this. There, there are two. Offer. There are two schools. There are two schools that I think Texas. <laughs> you know what I mean? uh, yeah. Texas fans who follow recruiting. I think there's two schools that they're okay losing a kid to it's Alabama and Stanford. Exactly. Because exactly. those are two, you can't argue with either choice. The I football or the exactly. academics. That's a great point. And can't the way argue you with either one of those. When you just said that about uh, Saban's offers meaning so much now, I remember when watching the uh, 30 for 30 about Bo Jackson, and Bo Jackson said people in his neighborhood would come to his house to see the phone that Bear Bryant called. <laughs> so he said, "Yeah, he's like people yeah. would come over yeah. and say want to see the phone that Bear Bryant called <laughs> to offer him his scholarship." Now he also said he wouldn't start, and that's why he didn't go there. That's good. Um, just looking at A and M's schedule, though. I mean, A and M's got a home and home with Miami, twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. Notre Dame in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five, and they have the open window in twenty six and twenty seven. Got a couple, but they do have, I guess, twenty eight and twenty nine where they can schedule something. So maybe that will that could sort of line up with. A, a change in the scheduling in the SEC. It'd be interesting to see if, like, by 2021 is when they go to that nine-game schedule because that would open up that type of strategy. Like, you're yeah. About. Plus, the other thing you got to think about too, Matt, is at some point here in the next, you know, what five or so years, mm-hmm. we have another round of conference realignment, most likely once no all these TV contracts yep. come up. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's that's going to be fa- that's fascinating to me because. Rod, I know you delve into this part of it more than I do. When you start looking at cord cutting and oh, man. Uh, str- where streaming, streaming going and, and what's yeah. ESPN going to do and yeah. who's going to be on the cutting edge of having a streaming network. I know me being a CBS employee, CBS just launched CBS HQ, which is their kind of 24-hour mm-hmm. just straight 
Here's yeah. what's happening. Here's your scores, highlights. Boom, this is what it is. And I think it's going to be more of a feeding frenzy now with legalized sports gambling. I think yeah. you're going to want more. It's more lucrative now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sports contracts will be more valuable. So I'm with you, man. I think it's going to be crazy. And then, you know, Texas is always the hottest woman on the dance floor. What's Texas going to do with real life? Because here's here's my, here's an yeah. interesting thing, though. And I, I, I really, in the back of my head, I keep thinking this is the conference that's going to that's going to change it, Rod. Whatever conference comes to the table. It's a, you know, at CBS, I've got a feeling, is going to re- up with the SEC for whatever it costs. Well, it's because SEC, yeah, yeah. That's a brand, the SEC, yeah, SEC on CBS. But with a with a conference like the Big Twelve, does Amazon or Facebook mm-hmm. yeah. come to the Big Twelve and say, "Hey, we'll pay you"? Yeah. You know, ESPN's offering you each school, you know, twenty five million a year. We'll give each school forty million yeah, a year to, to make Amazon your 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 top tier, your tier one. Give Amazon your tier one rights. Yeah, no, they're, I agree. They're in the ballpark content. Already. Yeah, because they want they need and especially now with like I said, you you have people who are gambling which means people are going to watch more games actually for longer no, uh, like, and they're with more interest yeah man people the sports now becomes even more valuable so I'm with you I think you may have some players that weren't in on the last con bidding will be in on this bidding that may change the game yeah right. and I mean we saw the NFL experiment using Twitter itself yeah. to stream a game and then this year was hilarious because baseball has a very loyal fan base that loves to watch their games and local viewership has huge numbers in all right. these local entities but then nobody knew where to watch the Mets on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You had all these old people that are 60-plus years old signing on because now the Mets, were oh, yeah. season opener was going to be streamed live on Facebook, and the, it's just not knowing oh, how yeah. to connect yeah. those two entities. The Rangers right now, the last two games, the Rangers have so not been on Facebook. So it's weird how baseball is so, yeah. oh, so far behind in certain things, but so far ahead in certain technological things like the analytics and just the deep mm-hmm. dive and the science of sports, and then even testing out things like Facebook. Facebook as the streaming entity. So, yeah, it's going to change, definitely. And I still can't get an Astros game. At Austin, Astros. even when it's on MLB Network, we get blacked out in yeah. Austin because we are one, but then it's just Comcast. you got to switch over to <sighs> DirecTV. That's about your only bet. I'm not switching over. That's, that's all you got. I've been, I've been with <laughs> Dish for a long over. time hoping they'd pick it up, too. Honestly, I go I go with Spectrum because they're the cheapest option. That's how I kind of view my, my cable watching. There you go. I don't want to pay an arm and a leg for it. You know, Rod, that's this is kind of off subject, but, yeah, I mean, my wife and I went through the, mm-hmm. we were going through the TV a couple weeks ago. We're like, what are we really paying for? Like, we watch like three or four channels and that's exactly. it. And all those can, you can get via some other app or Roku or mm-hmm. some Amazon Fire Stick. So yeah, we're just lazy. That's why we haven't cut the cord. Our laziness is what they depend on to make money. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm about to do it in the next year or so. The a la carte TV. is a big thing. Ooh, a la carte yeah. TV is the way to go, man. That's true. Yeah, I, there you go. I like that phrase. A la it's all carte about TV. changing up your, your regimen. If you're used to watching exactly. things certain ways it all what, it is is figuring what out what Oprah to do say it. you do something for two weeks it'll become a habit and yep. you'll do it all the time boom mm-hmm. do something for Oprah. two weeks it becomes a habit that's what Oprah said man I believe so you got I mean I think when you think about it it's like yeah actually that makes sense 14 days in a row yeah you for, do something 14 days in a row you'll do it so you if know. I go if I go play golf 14 days in a row I'll you'll just probably have to play golf. well you'd have to be interested in it but yeah if you decide that you want to go golfing 14 consecutive days in a row that's I would bet you yeah and you're talking about I'm interested in it I'm just not very good at golf true now here's the challenge. Try to physically just go do that. Yeah, Bucky, perfect Bucky's example. Good, but he does it every day. He's addicted to golf. That's a habit. He is addicted to golf. There you go. It is a habit. All right, break time on the show. But when we come back, we're going to take another look at the Texas offense and how Trey Watson impacts things. Specifically, what offense might the 2018 offense look like compared to past Texas? We'll do that on the other side on Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. We got a couple minutes left, and uh, Rod, I want to just hit on this real quick, and we'll have to carry this over to next week's show, but I want to start um, really breaking down the nitty-gritty uh, of the football team as we go along. We've got the schedule game coming up here in a few weeks where we'll we'll break it down. Uh, actually, we might start that next week. I don't know. i got to look at it, and we'll have our pre-show meeting that's going to last all of five minutes next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. But, Rod, I, I was looking at Trey Watson's numbers, and we talked about this yeah. last week. This is some carryover from last week's show. And I started thinking about, you know, every year we kind of look at from a big picture standpoint, what is this offense going to have to be like? Well, what are they yeah. going to have to play like? I've been what thinking Texas, about this too. What Texas offense are they going to yeah. resemble? And the more I think about it, now I'm not saying because if Texas had this mm-hmm. record, be like, oh, they're going to win that many games. No, I, think, it's I know where you're going here. <clears throat> but you mentioned Chris Obanaya, mm-hmm. and I look at the 2008 offense. Yeah. And that was an offense where Colt McCoy led Texas in rushing. 
with like five sixty one and eleven mm-hmm. touchdowns. Yeah. And when you look at how this Texas offense is designed, can you conceivably see Sam Ellinger having similar numbers? If he starts ten plus games, yeah, no doubt. Okay. He can easily lead them in rushing. So Chris Obanaya had I think three like almost three seventy five. Yeah. Three seventy three, I think, is mm-hmm. what his rushing total yeah. was that year. But he was at about five yards a carry, which we said last week was kind of the sweet spot. That's for Trey, Trey Watson. Watson's career right. average. That's the sweet carry. spot. About yeah. five yards a carry. And uh, Open I had forty six catches that year, which yeah, I don't know if Trey Watson. Club. I don't know if Trey Watson's a forty plus catch guy, but oh, yeah, that's yeah. what we said. That's kind of the model for him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you think about that, and then you think about the running back situation. It's like, well, what if you're not asking Tony Carter and Danny Young and Keontae Ingram? What if you're not asking those guys to be twenty carry game backs? What if you just want them to specialize in the areas where they're really good? This is true. And you start looking at that 08 offense, and you say, okay, you had. You know, Fozzie Whitaker was kind of your third down guy, mm-hmm. uh, your scat back type guy. Cody Johnson was your goal line, your, your short yardage runner. Um, you had, you know, Vondrell McGee was kind of your just good, dependable, you yeah. know he's going to be there. Need to get reps. Kind of no frills type guy, but yeah. you can trust him to, to go mm-hmm. in there and, and, and do the job. And the 19, Trey Watson could be the Trey Newton. But And you yeah. you look at that 08 team and you start looking at, okay, that's how you're going to piece it together. And then you start looking at the other elements of the offense and say, okay, there's your strength on offense is clearly the wide receiver position. You got two goals. With, without question. I don't yeah. think there's anybody that can debate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Between Colin Johnson and Lloyd Jordan Humphrey and De- you know the emergence of Devin Duvernay this spring. Rod Hurd. And oh, by the way, John Burt just won the Big Twelve championship in the one ten hurdles. Yeah. And, and we know John Burt's got big playability in there somewhere. It's just a matter of consistency. So really, your game breaking weapons, your proven commodities from that standpoint, are all at receiver on the outside. And we talk about and the one element though, this offense will have that the 08. And now look again, not saying this offense is going to produce like the 08 offense did. Oh, no, you never said that, that at any point of this. Um, but the one element this offense has that that offense didn't is the tight end position because of yeah. Blaine Irby's knee injury early in the year. Yeah. Think about like those first couple games, Matt. You remember that UTEP game mm-hmm. where like Irby you know, had a couple catches and you're like, yeah. wow, man, if they got something in Blaine Irby, this thing's going to take off. And credit Greg Davis for switching things on the fly and he used Jordan Shipley in the slot more. Yeah. And boom, boom, boom. They made it work. He brought up Dan yeah. Buckner as a Dan Buckner was the flex tight end. That's yeah. what I was thinking. That, when, you, yeah. when you first were posing the question, I was thinking that 09 because of guys like Trey Newton and Buckner. And then it's yeah. the same thing with 08 when you have a guy, you know, another good receiver. And Quan Cosby in there, but it just makes total sense with that quarterback. You just put him in the shotgun with the single back set. You can run two if you want, but single back set because then you have that option of two guys that can run the ball and use that mobility, or then just use that. It, it all comes down. The difference is the quick decision making process and being able to identify quickly. Because mm-hmm. if you're understanding what you're seeing, that back out of the backfield is gonna be open in that short time window between him being picked up by somebody or if you're finding somebody else. So just the ability that Colt had within just that 10-yard window to identify the weakness and exploit it and always be right. So if you can get that mental ability of the quarterback to that level, mm-hmm. it would be huge. That, and, and that year was Colt McCoy's fourth year on campus, his third year as a starter. And I think the thing that being further away now from it, the thing I appreciate about Colt McCoy as a quarterback is his ability to play clean and quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ability to not mm-hmm. be a sloppy decision maker, be make good decisions, crisp. but make yeah. them quickly. Yeah, crisp. It just was. Decisive. It just was. boom, boom, boom. Just, like, just a that. well-oiled very, machine. Very, it was very few times I saw him win a sloppy play. You know Especially I mean? like, in 08, man. In 08. Yeah, it was just like everything was ugly. Man, the clean, well, it was crisp, like how and the quick. video game was easier to play yeah. than in real life. It was like he was a video game yeah. in real life. Especially in 08, man. Oh, Colt McCoy's best season on the but what was his completion percentage? It was like 70 something. 76, right? 76, wasn't it? Like, yeah, so many, exactly. So everything was. It was like really crisp. And then you had Quan Cosby and Jordan Shipley. Uh, and, and then you had, yeah, Obanaya. So you did have a lot of versatile weapons that we just didn't really think about. Right. You know? So there's the difference, though, between the 08 offense and this offense. Yeah. Sam Ellinger is not going to be that in yeah. 2018. No. Regardless of how good he is, he's not going to be but that. Low budget version of Cole McCoy, I'll take all day, every day. And I, the thing that yeah. I like about it, too, Rod, is Sam Ellinger's. If and it, again, a lot of this is predicated on Sam Ellinger staying healthy. Mm-hmm. Like that offensive line, this offensive line is not going to be a great offensive line. That 08 offensive line was not a great offensive line. No, it wasn't. It was a serviceable offensive line. There you go. But an average offensive it line. Was a, it was average to a slightly above average. It but was like the we talked about, of the with this team, if the offensive line play is average, 
that's a that's an improvement. a huge step forward from yeah. what it was last year. I was going to say that's a huge improvement. And you know what? I think it will be. I'm starting to get optimistic. I mean, you look at the this is an experienced offensive line now. You look at it when Calvin Anderson comes into the mix with Shackelford, with Vahe and Kerstetter and all those guys. Yeah. The core of it anyway. The danger we get into though, Rod, and you know this is when we talk about we're just talking about how's this going to work. We start getting into best case scenarios. Yeah, and that's always a slippery slope when you're thinking Very about true. okay, if, if this this and this happens and it's great. Great, yeah, exactly. but this, this, and this never happen the way you think it's going to happen. It one does. of, if it's four things, two of them might happen. One might be in the ballpark, and one might be way off from what you hope it was. Exactly. But right. I, I think it, the key is for Texas, and, and and I'm thinking realistically, if you can find good roles for those backs to be, if you can make use of the tight end position, and the receiver position plays up to what it's supposed to play up, yeah. what the coaches expected it to be last year, and it clearly wasn't then you've probably got an offense that's capable of winning you eight or nine games in the regular. If everybody's average. Think about last year you had under average, you had below average like position groups that would bring the whole entire group down. Right. Running back, offensive line. This year, O-line average. Trey Watson makes the running back group average. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers above average. Quarterbacks, now more veteran quarterbacks, above average or at average. And I guarantee I'm with you. That's eight or nine wins right there. Yeah. Just average play. It's the biggest key offense. to like all sports success. Is <laughs> if you just have just, that around yeah. your good guys normal yeah and that's good there you go and that's kind of what you know when we talk about we get into playing the schedule game which we're going to do here before too long is when you start looking at win ceilings the thing i go back to is this can the offense make enough improvement to make up for the advantage you no longer have in the kicking game with michael mm, nixon being there you go that's real man that's real if if it can, then we saw last year your your one bad half against Maryland and a one bad quarter against Texas Tech away from being an eight win team. No doubt, everybody agrees. Yeah, it's that simple. And you can go further. Your one bad Sam Ellinger throw against Oklahoma State from being there. You're a fumble on the goal line against SC from being there. You're a coverage bust against OU from yeah. being there. Game of interest. Well, so that literally just shows where consistency is so key that if you can just fix those few things, you don't think about the uh, accumulation of the sum at the end of the season, but all those little winning in the margin things right. add up to those things. And you take what Matt's saying, you take what I'm saying, Rod, and we'll close on this, is if you can get yourself to that point where you're not bad in any area like your offense isn't mm-hmm. bad if your offense is average if your special teams is average and if your defense is above average which I, I tend to think it will be with Chris Nelson coming back and getting Gary Johnson healthy yeah, all stuff we talk about now you're in a position to where we saw the, the main stride we saw this program take last year you're computer in you're going into the fourth quarter in every ball game with a chance to win. yeah and all those games that were decided by three points one point all that now they tip in your favor yep. yeah with another year with another year of experience yeah. with a more experienced quarterback better decision making blah 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 all that stuff. No so, all right, it is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that when we come back as we close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horn247.com. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today, and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabet on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. What do you hear? Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2 liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the brotherhood of muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. 
I'm a one-trick pony. Literally. I show up at kids' parties and act cute. That's pretty much it. So excuse me for being bitter when Geico says not only could we save you money on car insurance, but we do more. Like give you 24-7 access online, over the phone, or even via our award-winning mobile app. Well, ooh la la. Aren't they multi-talented? <laughs> hey, I said organic carrots. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Readings based on a 2018 survey of 1,600 U.S. singles. I'm Grant Langston, the CEO of eHarmony. If you're online dating and looking for love, you're probably tired of the lazy text messages, dead-end conversations, and matches that never turn into dates. If that's you, it's time to try eHarmony. Dating apps of one kind or another have been around a long time, but at the end of the day, they're just virtual bars where no one ever buys you a drink eHarmony's different. We're built to help you have a better relationship. In fact, our matching algorithm is based on 35 years of research and experience. That's why we're the number one trusted dating site and have the highest quality matches. We're really good at bringing compatible people together. People who want the same things as you and are ready for a real relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready for a meaningful relationship, there's one app built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Go to eHarmony.com today and get a free month included when you buy a three-month plan. Use code MEAT, eHarmony.com, code MEAT. Readings based on a 2018 survey of 1,600 U.S. singles. I'm Grant Langston, the CEO of eHarmony. If you're online dating and looking for love, you're probably tired of the lazy text messages, dead-end conversations, and matches that never turn into dates. If that's you, it's time to try eHarmony. Dating apps of one kind or another have been around a long time. But at the end of the day, they're just virtual bars where no one ever buys you a drink. eHarmony's different. We're built to help you have a better relationship. In fact, our matching algorithm is based on 35 years of research and experience. That's why we're the number one trusted dating site and have the highest quality matches. We're really good at bringing compatible people together. People who want the same things as you and are ready for a real relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready for a meaningful relationship, there's one app built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Go to eHarmony.com today and get a free month included when you buy a three-month plan. Use code MEAT, eHarmony.com, code MEAT. This is Walhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. Let's go ahead and close the book on this uh, latest adventure of the Blitz. It was a good one. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B. Appreciate the time and the knowledge. Thanks, time, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network, 104.9 to Horn, HornFM.com, AM 1260, and worldwide on the Horn app, where you can hear Rod on the Rodcast each and every weekday from Shameless 1 to 3. plug. And thanks to Matt, you get us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, any podcast app you've got, and get all of our archives, old interviews. You want to hear our Earl Thomas interview from back in the day, our National Championship Retrospective with Tim Crowder and Casey Studdard, anything we've done throughout the history of Longhorn Blitz, it's all on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud Yep, page. just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.